Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Song is on on SAFM. Analysts have warned that the Houthis' next target could be undersea internet cables. Yemen's UN-recognized government said there is a serious threat to global digital infrastructure. The warning came after the Houthi-linked Telegram channel published a map of the cables running along the bed of the Red Sea. Yemen Telecom said it had made both diplomatic and legal efforts during the past few years to persuade global international telecoms alliances not to have any dealings with the Houthis since it proof since it would provide a terrorist group with knowledge of how the submarine cables operated. It has been estimated that the Red Sea carries about 17% of the world's internet traffic along fiber pipes. The conversation, therefore, is to be held this evening with Ngosinati Ndlovu, journalist at Tech Central, to help us understand the technical of the technical context, certainly, of this conversation before we get into the political and global ramifications in terms of what could possibly be when 17% of the world's internet traffic in the Red Sea and infrastructure is disrupted, what sort of challenges that would pose for the world. Gosenati, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to SAFM. So, good evening. Uh, thank you for having me and good evening to your listeners as well. Let's talk about the importance this region, the seabed of the Red Sea, is for global communications and related global security. Well, Songezo, as we know, when you and I, you know, we log on using our phone, we, you know, we browse the web, uh, whether we're playing games or we're chatting, whatever it is we're doing, that data needs to travel from where we are in South Africa to a server somewhere elsewhere in the world. Sometimes those servers are in Europe, and other times those servers might be in the United States. And once that data leaves the shores of South Africa, it travels through undersea cables that's then transported uh, all the way around the world. And these undersea cables have different routes, and one of those routes uh, goes through this region uh, in, in the Red Sea. And that region is particularly concentrated in terms of the number of cables going through it. And uh, as you said, there are about 17, there are actually more than 20 cables going through that region. And so it makes it particularly vulnerable to damage if it is damaged um, then the consequences are, are are quite severe let's talk to those consequences i mean the disruption of 17 percent of the world's cable internet traffic what could typically be what we experience if that were ever to happen well if that were ever to happen uh, the reality is that um at this point now the world internet infrastructure would be able to cope but there would be some disruption for some time because that data would need to, we'd basically need to learn how to reroute the data efficiently on the parts that are left for it, right? So this is like, for example, if you can imagine the N1 in Johannesburg having some permanent obstruction, everyone would have to learn how to get to work in a different way. And the first day people would be late by quite a long time, but perhaps after the, a week, people, you know, would be on time. And after two weeks, they would have found ways to get to work quickly. But there would be severe disruptions in the time that, um, you know, these global companies learn how to uh, route that data efficiently in the infrastructure that is still available. 
But I would imagine long-term effects of that wouldn't just be limited to finding alternative routes, but rather the cost of the repair or the relaying out of that infrastructure or altogether having to use a different geographic location because of the distrust if going back to the same region where there has been this disruption or this damage, if it is even worth reinvesting there. So from a global security, global communications perspective, it would certainly be more than that. But talking about the integrity then of having this sort of infrastructure being publicly available, because now we now know genuinely of the potential consequence if a terrorist organization or an organization that is not really known for goodwill or is intent, frankly, for malafide, has access to this information. Is this perhaps not a conversation that merits the actual protocols that govern this sort of critical public infrastructure or global infrastructure and how it should perhaps be more classified? What are your thoughts on that? Hmm. Well... You know, one of the things that, that, that are tricky is that when you read the map um, yourself, I mean, any person, as you said, it's open, anyone can, can go online and find a map and actually look uh, at how the cables run throughout the world. But you must remember that the ocean is a very big place. And what you see on a map as lines that are close together uh, is actually uh, 20 uh, millimeter thick cables. That's about the size of a hose pipe. And they're hundreds of kilometers apart most of the time. Now, in that region uh, called the Bab al-Mandeb region, the Gate of Tears in English, uh, they do kind of form a nexus where the region is 26 kilometers apart. So they do kind of form a nexus, but they're still not so close together that you know you could grab them with your hand and easily access them uh, these cables are a hundred meters um, below sea level in that region but typically they 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 are 400 meters below sea level usually so getting to this infrastructure is is no easy feat and the possibility that um, the infrastructure could be damaged altogether in one fell swoop is, is highly, is low, is really low. I am asking this question precisely because of what we are seeing taking place around the Horn of Africa and in that particular region with the pirating of yes. ships, which has pretty much just disrupted, not for the good global supply chains and obviously have increased the costs to the consumer. That's in the typical goods distribution model. Now with telecommunications, yes. we are in the information age and it's all about access to data. Who stands, if something yes. like this were to happen, who stands to lose the most or who inadvertently, albeit, stands to gain? Hmm. Well, who, who stands to lose the most, firstly, I guess, would be the companies that have invested uh, in the infrastructure in that region. So telecommunications companies globally, usually because it's so expensive to build this infrastructure, they will come together and form consortiums. And these consortiums will then lay out infrastructure uh, for long distances. They might decide that we're building a cable from, for example, Simiwi uh, 3 goes from Europe all the way through Asia, um, all the way through the Middle East to Asia. Um, so those companies that have invested definitely stand to lose the countries that are being serviced in that region. So if you look along the African East Coast, 
uh, all the countries along the African East Coast basically rely on the infrastructure through the Red Sea to get um, their data traffic to Europe. So they would be in harm's way as well, as well as Asia and Australia. Yes, there are alternative paths that might, for example, take data from Asia and Australia uh, across the Pacific Ocean to um, the American West Coast. Then the data would have to travel inland uh, to the American East Coast. And if it's going to Europe, then you see cables to get to Europe that way. But as you can imagine, um, for, for that would add a lot of latency. The time that that data would take to travel uh, would be much longer. Uh, along the coast of Africa, the, on the African East Coast, those countries, if they didn't have that Red Sea routing, would then rely on going around South Africa and all the way up the West Coast. Uh, again, latency would be an issue. So highly sensitive, um, latency sensitive uh, tasks such as financial services uh, and gaming. Gaming is quite a, 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 an economically viable uh, a, a thing these days. Uh, all those would suffer severely. I'm in conversation with Mr. Ngosinati Njovu, and you know, Ngosinati, as you are speaking, so I actually went on to the website. I went to www.submarinecablemap.com, and, mm-hmm. and I would certainly encourage you at home to do that. It's just literally the first thing that popped up, submarinecablemap.com. It, it actually shows you the undersea cables that are now the source of this conversation, of the fact that I was able to go to Google and find this, and what is effectively the information distributional model of internet and internet-based information. It's, it's in other words, the train tracks of information. And, and it's all taking place at sea, and we are focusing in the region between Yemen and Somalia, right through to Djibouti, Eritrea, Sudan, and Egypt on the African continent, and in the Middle East specifically being Yemen, Saudi Arabia, all the way through to Jordan and parts of Israel on the other side of the Suez Canal. And this is located there in the Red Sea in terms of if those cables were to be destroyed or somehow disrupted, it would effectively mean... I mean, literally any of these entities, see me, we five, the Rez Kharib of Egypt, these are the cable owners who have put stations and distributions over there. Have a look at it. We're going to talk about now how the information age is pretty much the next big frontier potentially for war. Yes, resources will always be the basis of war. Water is touted as the next big frontier. Data, access to data and information. That's exactly what we are talking about, and we're going to probe more of that after the break with Mr. Ngosinatinlov. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Songhe Zomapete on SAFM.
Mr. Ngosinat Ndlovu joins us. He's a journalist at Tech Central. We are talking about the warning shots, if they are to be interpreted as such, from the Houthis who are sympathetic to the Palestinian question as it pertains to the war that is currently taking place in the Gaza between forces of Israel and what is happening in the Gaza. And specifically, the Houthis themselves now throwing hints, if they are to be interpreted as such, of they now know exactly where the undersea cables are, whether or not they have the capacity and the infrastructure to create any damage, it remains to be seen and hopefully never to be seen. But the reality is nonetheless something that is worrisome enough for us to have a conversation on air. Let's talk about the United States. Let's talk about the United Kingdom. Let's talk about Europe at large. Surely the idea that this is potentially something that could happen must surely have them worried. And it wouldn't just be, I suppose, those three geographies, the UK, the EU, as well as the United States. But there's a lot of infrastructure over there that is African infrastructure. And this is not something anybody can afford. Your thoughts, Ngosnat? Um, well, you know, Songhezo, uh, we live in an increasingly globalized world where anything that happens on one side of the planet has an effect um, everywhere. And so uh, when it comes to infra- internet infrastructure, we are so reliant on that as the world economy to keep the economy running that uh, basically we're all in the same boat when it comes to it. Um, you know, one interesting question to ponder is, is, if, is it even in, in, in the interest of uh, rogue groups to destroy internet infrastructure, considering that they are probably as reliant on it as everybody else is, you know, uh, I'm, I'm sure they uh, there are other reasons why uh, they might threaten the infrastructure, but um, they are just as dependent as everyone else is. And you you also said uh, you said that Africa relies on that infrastructure. Um, that most of that infrastructure also goes all the way through Asia uh, and Australia as well. So. Um, not much of the world is left out if there's any damage there. Let, let's talk about the fact that the scurry for information is really what separates development and underdevelopment and the fact that the scramble for access to information, to generate information, and which is used as the basis for trade and to keep others in poverty and to similarly gain economic power. Information is a critical component and commodity in the 21st century, more especially when you're talking about the fourth industrial revolution. And I think the penny has dropped for the Houthis, certainly if anything is to go by. Let's talk about how then perhaps the world should think about the kind of infrastructure that facilitates for the free flow of information and whether or not this should be something like a national key point or a regional key point, as you and I might understand it from a South African context, but this is the sort of infrastructure that really should be protected precisely because of the consequence that otherwise may occasion? Uh, yes, and I think, I think Songhezo, as lay people, we might make the assumption that the infrastructure itself is unprotected. But um, it, it's not very easy to get to these cables. Um, I think in, in, in one of the stories I've read, uh, they, they did catch, um, was it near France? But they did catch uh, some perpetrators trying to cut uh, these cables. So there is there are security measures in place already. Um, it, it's not it's not a wild west where you know anyone can just go ahead and 
and do as they please. And also, as I said, geographically, uh, the geographic um, where they are in the ocean, uh, the environment makes it very difficult for any old person to just go ahead and decide that they're going to. Oh, here's why I'm asking this. I mean, for instance, we're talking about a yeah. seabed that is elevated in this part of the world, whereas the global average is 400 meters of a depth. Yes. Here we are talking about a depth of 100 meters, whereas in other parts, yes. the, 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 the spread between cables is sometimes hundreds of kilometers. Here we are talking only 26 yes. kilometer passage against the fact that as well piracy has increased and there doesn't seem to be a permanent solution that has been found despite the best defenses of the U.S. Navy being deployed there, of the British Navy yes. being deployed there. We might dismiss them as any told Tom, Dicks and Harrys, but it's got the global world talking. They've got potential to create and cause damage, just like piracy has to global supply chain. This is not something to not be contemplated and and to be seriously front and center of the agenda of of course the nations whose territorial integrity whose whose territorial waters will obviously have operating this criminal enterprise but precisely because of all the things that you have talked to earlier on in terms of the disruptions in information that a breakage in communication here might have a serious global impact on that basis this is not something in any way to be dismissed or treated as a joke that's my final question uh, definitely not. Uh, I think, it, 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 as you say, it should be taken with the with the utmost seriousness, uh, and a long term in the long term, a solution is, is definitely needed. Um, I think under underestimating um, underestimating any party is is dangerous. As I think, as we've seen with with Israel in the last while, when those attacks ha happened, Israeli intelligence was uh, basically caught off guard and surprised by. Um, what could happen on their borders. So, yes, definitely. Um, we could say that these Houthi rebels don't have the potential to do these things right now, but we don't know where they could be in the next two to three to five years. And perhaps um, one of the solutions is to look at redundancy, uh, ensuring that there is enough capacity in the rest of the world such that um, you know, the, the region, the uh, destruction in that region doesn't cause too much of a disruption. But again, that, that comes down to cost. That is really, really expensive. Um, and it does take time to, to build these things. Um, but what could also be a, a Hail Mary in this scenario is, is the growing um, low earth satellite orbit uh, community you know these companies that are like starlink and amazon kuiper that are building these solutions that can add additional capacity to the world's internet 